Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre! Ladies and gentlemen, the number one sports and recreation podcast in the world. My name is Peter Rosenberg. I am at LAX, sitting at Terminal 69. Uh-uh. Waiting for my delayed flight. That's why there's noise in the background. I apologize. This is, this is like really like life on the road. Um, and back in his Philadelphia palace, the fortress of solitude, we have the physically congested stat guy, Greg. What up, SGG? What's going on, Peter? How you doing? Well, you know, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm making my way back from the SBs. How was the ESPYs? The ESPYs experience was a lot of fun. Um, hosted a couple of different red carpet shows, which I know the the Mage Cheap Heat universe was dialed in on. Um, and actually, uh, on on the second thing I did, which was the Twitter red carpet show, which led the final hour before the ESPYs, I actually had uh, Roman and Charlotte as guests at separate times there. I saw that, which is pretty cool. And then, uh, and then last night I felt very cool because I um, I introduced Charlotte to Thug Rose Nama Yunus. Oh, <laughs> who, who I who I am a big fan of. Um, Charlotte was a fan of hers and didn't know her, so I, I made the introduction. They're both on the shy side, um, and which I don't I know, expect that from either one of them actually. I know. Well, yes. I mean, they're they're both they're similar actually in some regards. Um, so I was pretty psyched about that. I also you probably also saw the mage photo with Cyborg. Yep, I saw that. I think that was on your Instagram, right? Apparently, I'm a huge UFC mark. Um, I did not realize, like, the only pictures I posted with like me, just me and one person. Was one with Cyborg and one with Rose, but you know what it is. I don't know about you, SGG. When you're at a in a setting like that where you're seeing all of these athletes, it really speaks to how much more mage the individual athlete to me uh, stands out in that setting. How so? I don't know why. I just like you know. I, I don't know. Seeing random running backs that are really good just does nothing for me. But seeing someone who, like, you've seen in such incredible circuit, like, there's something about the specific one-on-one talent of a cyborg or of a Rose, especially considering Rose, Rose Namajunas had arguably the best year in sports last year. I mean, her, her year was incredible. Um, but I don't know, man. I just, like, I don't really get that excited to meet like random NFL running backs, it doesn't do anything for me. Like if I, if like I saw random s- NFL Redskins, yeah, I mean I, inter- I, inter- I, I I interviewed Orlando Scandrick yesterday and I buried him. I didn't even remember he was on the Redskins when I was talking to him. <laughs> and and he got tight because I made fun of his outfit. Tell me if this is burying someone. I said to him, "Yo, I really appreciate that you're pulling off an outfit." And making it look good. 
and the print looks like something that was in my grandmother's house growing up. <laughs> you had like it was fine until the grandmother's house. Well, obviously that's sort of the catch part of the sentence. But I I still didn't think uh, he got he got a little he got a little sensitive after that. But the truth is when I made that joke, I was just thinking Orlando Scandrick from the Cowboys. I was not thinking he's now in Washington. But I had a lot of fun. Um talked to a lot of like I said, a lot of random NFL players who are good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like Kamara from the Saints. I like Kareem Hunt. I love talking to Stefan Diggs. He went to Maryland. Scandrick's cool. Um, we talked to Swaggy P. He's very entertaining. Um, you know, lots of people that I find to be entertaining. But when you see the individual athletes, and you know what else too? I, I don't know. I sort of, I, I, I kind of pop for female athletes more. Is that weird? Um, not weird. Actually, it's respectable because I feel like people go the other way with it. Like they pop for them less, so don't respect uh, respect them as athletes. No, so well, in this like, era, why are they this, here and this and that? In this era, I, I pop for them more. I feel like this is their time. I feel like this is. I feel like the people. The women who are, like, doing something major in combat sports, or whatever it is, really in all women's sports, they're almost the first of a, of a kind, because they're getting recognition in a way they never did. So, I don't know, to me it all feels more exciting. Like, there's never been a cyborg before now. And you've yeah. never, there's never been a, there's never been a Rose Namajunas, a, a like small, beautiful, interesting appearing person who, against all odds, just beats everyone's ass. Like that's that's new. <laughs> that is seeing that has not really. That's all of the last five years, right? And to me, I guess that I didn't realize that that would I'd pop so much for that, but I did. Um, I had a really good time though, and it was cool getting to have Roman and Charlotte there. The day before, I saw Mickey James. I saw um, Victoria, actually, who um, really, who yeah, she put her. I, I was I was doing commentary for a charity game, and she put her um, finisher, her submission finisher, onto the referee, which I thought was major. <laughs> Eva Marie was there too, right? Yeah, I saw Eva Marie as well, and um, I don't think I'd close the door on on all red everything. I don't think I'd close the door. Okay. That's an um, interesting I, comment. And you know me. I don't want to close the door. I was very into all red everything. Also, I am the first person in the history of uh, planet Earth to have back-to-back conversations with Takashi69 and Hannah Storm. So <laughs> I had a very interesting few days covering the ESPYs. Shout out to the entire... Uh, everyone who helped me on the um, on the SB side of things, both on the TV side and the Twitter side, had a really really fun time with everyone. And uh, SGG, I managed on Sunday night to take in Extreme Rules. I had just gotten to LA, and I got together with Dip and a good friend of Dip's, who is a a great dude. Um, and uh, we got together. Um, a little bit late, but managed to get together for a little bit and 
I was able to take in the pay-per-view. Um, and I enjoyed some things. I, I Let me get your – I'm curious to get your take first. Um, is, is, there, is there anything particularly important we need to get to outside the ring? Charlotte Flair presented at the ESPYs. I know that. Uh, Daniel Cormier was there, by the way. Heard he talked some trash. Um, <laughs> Daniel I, Cormier thinks he's going to be the next Universal Champion, apparently. That's uh, very no interesting. I gave him that idea, but. And then, uh, is there anything else outside the ring? There is that one big red and yellow elephant in the room that I'm sure people want us to talk about. Um, should we, should we wait until you're in a proper studio setting to, to talk about this? I know you said you were, um, in LAX yeah, that's an in- waiting on a that's flight. A, that's an interesting point, SGG, because. This is gonna be, this part's probably a little messy. This isn't gonna be the most ideal listening circumstance. But at the same time, you know, this is the, a major topic of conversation. You know what, Greg? Let's hit him with the tease and we will close the show with a Hulk Hogan conversation. Nice. How about that? I like that. I like that. So, so let's skip ahead then and get right to the pay per view and give me some of your takeaways. Um, I enjoyed the pay-per-view. I really did. Uh, I was shocked to see that the championship match did not go on last. Um, partly because a lot of the, the sheets reported that Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley would go on last. And then when they didn't, I figured that the WWE title match would go on last. So to see the Iron Man match actually close the show, um, was a shocker for me, but I, I still, I enjoyed the match, and I have no problem with like the placement of of any of the matches. Uh, I do have to say, though, especially with the Iron Man match, that crowd, that Pittsburgh crowd, was trash. Just very repug. Like the countdown with the clock for every minute for a half an hour. Like I don't know how it managed to be fun for them, but like it got old real quick um from my side of things and then what was dumb was that like they did that and then when the clock actually got down to 10 seconds left in the match they didn't count down so you were obnoxious about it the whole way through and then the one moment when it was appropriate uh you missed it and you probably missed a a good match too because you were so focused on the clock rather than the the in-ring action well a good friend of mine Crowd made aside, the point. It was a great match. But a, a friend of mine made the point this week, though. If you get that reaction from the crowd, is it the crowd's fault, or is it the way the night played out? And is it and is it also because you're having four hour events? You know, is it wholeheartedly? Is it as simple as oh, the crowd was repug? Or do you also have to point to the way the event was booked? What I mean, do you? So are you saying that they wouldn't have done that if the Iron Man match was placed at a different spot on the card? Because I would have to disagree with that statement, with that sentiment. Um, not well, I don't that, know, but like, how could how could you be sure that they would have done it any time? Because it's not like the smart fans that do stuff like that hate the participants of that match. Well, like I, I, I'm giving the I'm giving the wrestlers the benefit of the doubt just because you know from me watching at home, it was a really good match. So if you pay to sit that close, 
I don't understand how it's not also a really good match, especially when you're in the front row. And, um, you know, it wasn't everybody participating in it, too. Like, you can see some people in the crowd visibly are annoyed with the other people in the crowd for this. I just think it's just a thing where, you know, sometimes people are too smarky for their own good. And in this instance, they got in the way of their own enjoyment of a good match. And you can, you know, sometimes it it could be the booker's fault, but um, sometimes it's just clear that it's on the crowd. Like, when they... When you bring in a beach ball and like you plan to use it whenever a certain person's music hits, that's on the crowd because the other alternative. No, I, I is agree. Not, if, not if you're preparing, Roman Reigns if, on you're, the show. if you're preparing to hate a match, that's on you. But the countdown thing to me seemed to be more organic. It seemed to just be the way people felt. Um. I'm not saying it's fair, and I certainly don't agree with it, and I certainly think it took away from a match between two of the best wrestlers in the company. So it's ironic to me that the kind of people that do things like that are like super fans who are like obsessed with great wrestling, and then you get two great wrestlers and decide to just take a dump on it. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't condone it. I don't understand it. I just wonder whether there's there's shared ownership on it happening. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things. Like, well, we, what what did you what did you say. really what did you really like from the pay per view SGG? How about that? Let's start there. I I really liked that Iron Man match. I I liked the ending. I liked the way it was executed. Um, because <laughs> it, it reminded me of the Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart Iron Man match. And I don't know if that was by design the way they did it, going into sudden death. But I, I really enjoyed that swerve. And for a second, I got tight because I was like. Okay, this Iron Man match really looked like it was going to end in a tie, and I think Michael Cole said something about it, and I was just like, "That when that was my man Brett, we had sudden death. Like we deserve, we deserve sudden death, and then we got it, and um, it turned out to be really, really well executed. And you know, the Shinsuke Nakamura win over Jeff Hardy, that's one of those things, right? Like you were expecting a a match from them, sort of like the one we got from SmackDown, where it was long and it was given some time. And they both got to look really good, but that what six second victory, I was happy with that because it was unexpected, and I think it kept the show moving along. And it's not like they didn't have the time to go out there and put on a classic because the show ended I think ten thirty ish around there, but they got them in, got them out, and that was I think it was well executed. And um, James Ellsworth in the shark cage too. It's not like, and it's not like, I think I said this last week. Jeff, it doesn't matter if Jeff Hardy loses. Like, and nothing affects Jeff Hardy. Yeah, Jeff he's, not, he's not sliding down the card because he lost his championship. No. Jeff Hardy's gonna be Jeff Hardy, so, but it is great for Shinsuke. So, I like that too. Um, I saw someone try to pan the, um, the Carmella finished. I, I didn't have a problem with it, did you? No, I did not. I mean, I didn't see it coming, and it certainly didn't get me the outcome that I wanted, which was, you know, Asuka as SmackDown Women's Champion. But, I mean, listen, that was great use of Ellsworth, great use of Carmella, um, great use of security, and Asuka going off on the ring crew. You know, she lost in that. She lost the match, and, you know, she didn't walk out with a championship. But I 
I'm not ready to say yet that it has hurt her character, you know, to the point of irreparable damage. Oh, no, I don't think so. I, I think the fact that she's getting cheated by the champion and a man who's helping, I think... I just want them to get to a point where it feels like her character gets challenged to the point of she doesn't know what she's going to do and she has to dig deep. You yeah. know, because like, like we talked about, it's just challenging with uh, someone who doesn't talk that much to get that connection to the character. So what are you going to do to give us that connection? And then meanwhile, I mean, you know money is Mella. You know what I'm saying? And that's why she went on SmackDown uh, <laughs> on, on the show afterwards. And I, I heard she told Sam to shut his mouth and ask where I was. <laughs> that's right. You know, she we, recognized, we've, real recognized real. Real recognized real. Money recognized money. Me and Mella, we, we've come a long way. We've come a long way and we understand each other. We speak the same language. You know what I mean? I'll tell you one thing. Ellsworth better continue to do his job. I mean, he managed, in spite of himself, to do the job the other day. Because, I'll tell you right now, I'd be the first person to try to get in there and lend some actual management. Exactly. Right, what is he doing? You're an up, you would be, you'd be a major upgrade from Ellsworth. In the corner of Carmella. No, Ellsworth is a mascot. I would be a manager. Exactly. I could actually manage the money. You know what I'm talking about? Um, did you enjoy seeing Kevin Owens take that long flight from the top of that cage? <sighs> I mean, listen. Did I enjoy it? No, because I don't feel like he deserved it. I mean, like, that all happened because Kevin Owens wants to be Braun Strowman's friend. I don't understand how we could cheer, cheer in a heinous act like that. But, man, did it look amazing. And you got to take your hat off to KO for sacrificing his body for the fans. Every, other, every first Sunday of the month or whatever it is. Because between that ladder bump at Money in the Bank... And then, you know, the porta potty bump, uh, Monday Night Raw, and then him going off the cage, like, he leaves it all out he, there for us. The man is, the, the man is becoming Mick Foley at Jays. <laughs> yeah. He, he needs really to be is. careful. Um, yeah, that seemed to get everybody. That was when the conversation, of, uh, you know, about extreme rules really seemed to start making noise. Um, how about the women's match? The other women's match, uh, Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax with, of course, Natty and Mickey James at ringside and Ronda Rousey, who, in spite of being, sus- being suspended, purchased a ticket to the show. Right. Purchased a ticket and then, and then got involved in the match. Um, and I will say, you know, hats off to them too. The match, from everybody's perspective, but also like through everybody's performance, it was really intense, way more intense than I expected. Because, like you said, um, when this was Bailey and Alexa Bliss, the the expectations were sort of high, and they didn't really deliver on that intensity. But Ronda looked like she was about to break Mickey James' arm, uh, throwing her into that barricade, and the way she stomped around the ring, you know, stalking Alexa Bliss, everything about it. 
you know, it was unexpected how intense it was and and how quality that match was. Yeah, I I really enjoyed, you know, I, the absolute end of the match I wasn't in love with, but I loved the interference part. I loved Ronda going crazy. Um I thought it was a good I thought it was a good use of her in that situation. Um and now we of course will get Ronda Rousey and Alexa Bliss at SummerSlam for the now, Women's Championship. Well, of course. Did you did you enjoy your guy, my guy, Roman Reigns against Bobby Lashley? Yeah, way more than I thought I would. Um, which is wild. The so crowd actually week, didn't seem like it hated it. Yeah, I mean, how could how could you? Like, it was just a, a brawl, like a, a, a nice hoss fight, and like they went at it, and um, it was. Weird, but also cool to see Bobby Lashley get the win off of one spear. Like, you don't expect Roman to go out like that. <laughs> but, um, but there's no shame in, in taking that L because, like, Bobby Lashley just looks like a beast and he looks like the type of guy that if he, if he wants to put you down, like, you're going down. So, there's no shame in that. But it was just, again, Roman Reigns has great matches with all different types of wrestlers. So, I didn't doubt. His ability to deliver with the wrestler who wrestles the style that Bobby Lashley does. But um, it's just nice to see it come together. Do you think Bobby Lashley ends up with the Universal title? Yes, unfortunately. Unfortunately? Unfortunately, yes. Now, does that mean that you... A man who has admitted your own bias when it comes yes, to... Yes, listen, I'm rooting for everybody black. But that doesn't mean that everybody black needs to get the Universal Championship. Bobby Lashley can win and be a winner and be great and still let my man Roman Reigns, the big dog, have the Universal Championship. But you so think when it's all... in that regard, what was that? You think when it's all said and done, though, it's going to end up being Lashley that gets his hands on that universal title first? Yeah, I do. Um, I do. Even if that means that Lashley is the conduit to get it to Braun, uh, I, I do think that's what happens. Now, all right. Well, you know what? The other part will tie in to our Hulk Hogan conversation because do you think do you think that there will be a tie-in between Hulk Hogan and Bobby Lashley? Man, like, I really hope not. I really I really don't want to see that. Even if, like, there's nothing that would make it satisfying. Even if it's a situation where Hulk Hogan comes out and is thrashed by Bobby Lashley, um, there's no... No good can come of interjecting Hulk Hogan into storylines and parading him on WWE TV. If you ask me, I'm sure there are people who will say otherwise. And, you know, that could go into the larger conversation that we're going to have. But for me, I don't I don't think that Bobby Lashley needs that or deserves that. 
Um, and I, I don't think that Hulk Hogan should have that opportunity either. And um, especially not Bobby Lashley. Because listen, people are not letting Bobby Lashley forget that he was a... Uh, he was the guy who represented Trump on WWE TV at a WrestleMania. So I don't know what his personal feelings and leanings are, but you know that's going to be hard for him to shake. You got him representing Trump in his first run and then Hulk in this run. Like, what are you trying to do to the guy? Well, in all fairness, though, that, when he represented Trump before, that was a totally different circumstance. Yeah, but still, he doesn't need that. You know... Nuance is lost on most people these days. Like, he represented Trump, that's it. And, like, we don't know if that was the same Trump or a different Trump or the same Bobby Lashley or a different Bobby Lashley. But the last thing we need is Bobby Lashley linked up with Hulk Hogan and leaving that to people to make their own connections. Best we just keep keep Lashley far away from from all of that. Well... So I guess this may be a good point to bring this up because it is the more, it's the most important story of the week. I mean, uh, we talked about the pay-per-view in some decent detail, um, and we can certainly get to a little bit from Raw and SmackDown, but on this show, seems like we'd be remiss to spend too much longer not talking about what happened on the week, over the weekend, and the word was that talent was told they had a meeting, a mandatory meeting on Sunday in Pittsburgh, and that Hulk Hogan did appear and gave a speech to the locker room of some sort. And afterwards, it was announced that he was reinstated to the Hall of Fame. Much to your point, Greg, I think a lot of people didn't realize that he'd been suspended from the Hall of Fame. They just realized he hadn't been around and was persona non grata. So the, the first thing is the rumblings that I heard right away was dissatisfaction with the speech from Hogan itself. Um, what did we hear on record SGG? Cause I was a little, I was a little out of it with the SB stuff this week. What did we hear on record from superstars about the Hulk Hogan return? Um, well, like you said, it was a mandatory meeting. Um, Triple H called the meeting and had Hulk Hogan speak to um, to the entire locker room. Um, on the record, though, I feel like there wasn't much said about what was said beyond the fact that um, Hulk Hogan's quote-unquote apology, you know, didn't come across as an apology to to some people. Um, I know James Ellsworth. Where, where, where did that come from? Well, because he focused on the fact that he didn't know that he was being recorded. No, 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 not 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 what he said. Where did we find out that information publicly? Oh, I know James Ellsworth um, did a podcast, and he 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 dove pretty deep into it. And um, you know, New Day put out a statement, Titus O'Neil put out a statement, and they all pretty much um, are saying the same thing in terms of. The focus was not necessarily on what was said, more so than it was Hulk Hogan just, you know, harping on the fact that he didn't know that he was being recorded and that he was filmed without his knowledge. Which, by the way, is such a weird thing to even, like, have pop into your mind as appropriate to talk about. (laughs) Because it's so wildly inappropriate to talk about 
whether or not you knew you were being recorded. It's just it's just so absolutely irrelevant to the conversation. Um, let's see. Says uh, Ryback appears to have spoken on it. We all cared about that. I was waiting. <laughs> Ryback and Ja Rule are the two people that I want to know the most about who, uh, what they think about this. Oh, uh, let's see. Well, Ryback said he's done all the right things. Okay, you're off to a bad start, Ryback. Um, that's not true. <laughs> right. Um, that is completely false. Mark Henry gave a statement to TMZ about it. And, you know, Mark basically said that he would give Hogan the benefit of the doubt. I felt that you could read between the lines there and see that he was doing the right thing by the company, but that he was not. I think he made it pretty clear that he wasn't thrilled. Did you watch that video? Um, no, I didn't watch the video. I just saw the I saw the headline and couldn't couldn't bring myself to watch the video because honestly, what was, like, what was the headline? Um, it was just I forget exactly what it was, but it was basically um, insinuating that like Mark Henry um, forgives Hulk Hogan and is like urging people to as well. And I'm just like, uh, you, no. you should watch it. Don't I'm get like, trolled no. on headlines, as you. SUG, you can't be so emotional that you don't watch the videos. Bro. It's not, a, it's not emotional, the, but it's just like I'm annoyed with that that perspective. So like, yeah, but you got But that's why you had to see it because the headline it it's worth watching because um, this is what's happening, right? Like you have people like me who, and I think the New Day and Titus's statements summed it up really perfectly. Like we don't feel like he's done enough to be um, welcomed back in that capacity. And so it's not a thing where we're going to like spend, spend energy on like whether it's getting excited about it. Cause there's nothing we can do. So you just have to like accept that it's happening, but not really put too much, too much more into it. But then you have other people who are like, Oh, well this person forgave him and that black person forgave him and the blah, blah, blah. So it's just like, I don't even want to, to, get involved with the game of like pitting black people's feelings against each other over Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? Cause Hulk Hogan, he started the video, whether he knew he was being recorded or not, he started off saying, I'm a racist. So you can't like right there, you can't convince me that he's not racist. And then in the aftermath and on his quote unquote apology tour, he's framing himself as the victim. He never acknowledges what he said he never shows like that he learned anything about how what he said has affected people it's always been about him and how it's affected him so like i'm not even trying to hear the the forgiveness or like the i forgive him or whatever it's just like like i set that aside off rip because that's not where the conversation i feel like should be going and like it doesn't even start and I also will tell you, I disagree that just because Hulk Hogan said he's a racist, that means he's a racist, which I know is a very nuanced, detailed sort of conversation well, thing, to get though, into. It's, it's not that just because he said it, he's a racist, but like he said it and then he went on to like, he went on to prove it. Like he went on to demonstrate it like uh, in the most extreme way you can possibly demonstrate it without like actually hurting someone. Because, he, you know, people bring that up to like, oh, he didn't do anything to anyone. But like he demonstrated it. And then not only in that conversation, but when you look at um, his restaurant, Hogan's Beach, 
and you know their door policy and their dress code it was discriminatory and then you have the conversation that um him and his son had when his son was in prison that he also probably didn't know he was being recorded but he should have because you know it was a a prison phone line and he's like oh yeah you know we're gonna live forever but i just hope we don't get reincarnated as black guys and then you piece together like those little things those little glimpses of the real hulk hogan not the character and it's like yeah so when he says he's racist he knows exactly what he's talking about because in these different well, I, well, situations, but you, th- different those things those life. things are more relevant. But Greg, those things are more relevant. That's what I'm saying. the The things that he's done are to me what shows it. Not someone saying, "I guess I'm racist." Because if you were to if you were to isolate that alone, to me, just th- that was sort of unimportant. It's more about what you see the overall picture. That's just, I mean, whatever. This is this is nuance. Uh, this is minutia. Um, uh, uh, the fact of the matter is he never did the the requisite things that should have been done that's ultimate i mean are do you feel that way ultimately and and my question for you is is there anything he could have said or done that you would have been good with cuz i don't think there's anything he could have said or done that you'd be good with yeah it, i mean do i feel that way that he hasn't done the requisite things that need to be done um yes yes i do and i do i feel like there's anything he can say or do to make it right i don't think so i think i think at this point he hasn't like he's made it worse by how he's been he's been moving you know what i mean he's made it he's made himself seem like the victim and even him just saying like oh i made a mistake that puts so much distance between him and what he did it's like there's no accountability for that a baker mixing up salt and sugar is a mistake if you say i'm racist and then goes on a expletive filled rant what was the mistake? What did you mean to say? Like, what was your what was your point? He never addresses that. So, what was the mistake? Yeah, no, no. I mean, for me, I still feel that one. Though I though it's hard for me to understand. I think that someone could have the exact same video that he had made, and if he'd handled it correctly. In the years that followed, you could go, oh, you know what? Even though he said that, I actually, here, just hear me out. I actually feel he was just really messed up at the time. Um, and I don't think that represented who the real person is. So obviously he didn't slip up and say what he said, but if, if he made you believe by his actions and words that he was in a totally different place, I think even you, someone who's felt so staunch about it, I'm I'm right behind you. I mean, I think I'm I'm pretty close to the same place. Obviously, my feelings can't be the exact same thing, um, being as you're black, but I think you still could have felt like. Damn, he was really messed up then. He was on a video having relationship with his best friend's wife. This whole thing is nasty and terrible. He was obviously messed up. I do think that's conceivable. Um, but, but nothing has happened since then to, that would ever, ever put someone like you, meaning basically a person of color, specifically a black person, in a position where they should have to consider giving someone that benefit. 
Right. He's done nothing. He's done nothing. He's done nothing He's done to make nothing you feel even, that way. To even like, even the simplest thing of like owning what was said, like, not I made a Which mistake. Which is step one. Yeah, yeah. not, a, not right. I made a mistake, but like, I said these things and these things are horrible and I feel horrible for having said these things and I, I can't make excuses for, for why I said these things like, because there is no excuse. That, like you said, step one. He hasn't even taken step one. But not only that, like you said, um, because there are other that that tape was old. So by the time we found out about it, years had passed, and he knew what he said in that bed, and he continued to live his life, like he continued to put on the show. You know what I mean? Not that he was going to come out and confess and be like, "Oh, I did this thing, and I feel horrible about it." But even even after the fact, knowing what he did with himself, like he has nothing that he can point to since the tape was recorded to the time that we found out about it to say like, okay, yeah, that is the person that I was then. And this is how I've been trying to change. He could have got ahead of it. He never, he never cared. He never cared. And he still doesn't. Yeah. Listen, um, I think that anyone has the right to still be angry, upset and not want to see Hulk Hogan. I certainly can't say that. I think uh, I'd be excited to see him right now. When I heard about how it played out, I was disappointed. Um, I didn't understand why now is the time. Um, if it's just a reinstatement to the Hall of Fame, okay. You know, I'm kind of with you in that regard. Like, that doesn't really require that much to me. Um, you know, someone saying nasty things is terrible. Is it reason that you scrub them from history? I'm not sure. That's well, you a lo- can't. I, I, you can't though. Like the Hall of Fame is on the network. You can't. It's you can't too, tell it's me difficult. something didn't happen if I can watch the video of it happening. He right. Exactly. So still, like it happened. Right. Can't say so it like you happen. can't really. De- that's a great point. So you can't really deny the the history. So I don't really care necessarily about the Hall of Fame part, Greg. I think you made a good point about separating the difference between being put back in the Hall of Fame and now being trotted out on TV. Um. So, you know, they, they bought, they, they have another opportunity to not do the wrong thing and put him on TV. So let's see if people are able to read the room because the room appears to be saying, and by the room, I mean the backstage locker room, WWE universe. People aren't feeling it. Like I didn't. The people that I heard from, I heard from people of different races that were not pleased, didn't think it did its job, um, you know, and so I, I, that it disappointed me. I just, I just can't see how hard it would be if you really didn't feel that way. You know, I'm someone, while I've never said anything um, that can remotely be compared to what Hulk Hogan said. You know, I'm live on the radio every day. So I've definitely <laughs> said things that I that I wasn't happy with before. Now granted, I don't know what it's like to say something that horrible. It's more like a mistimed joke, right? But at the same time, I have learned that an apology comes with owning what you said. You know what I mean? Like or no, no, a good example maybe, even though again, not in the same stratosphere. But do you remember when I had that thing with Chuck D many years ago? Yeah. 
And I really upset people. Quite, quite Chuck, the dust up. Chuck, quite the dust up. <laughs> Chuck D is a hip hop god, an icon, someone whose music I love and grew up on. But basically, he had sort of gone at the radio station. And I basically was like, hey, Chuck D, you're not president of hip hop. You don't decide everything. Okay. <laughs> so again, <laughs> again, not on the same level. But in terms of saying something that afterwards you realize, whoa, that was disrespectful, okay? I realized it took me a while to apologize. I didn't come right out and apologize. I didn't think it was necessary. But then as time went on, I grew and understood, wow, that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And I understand why. So let me take ownership and say sorry, I'm sorry. My bad. That was not, I did not quite recognize how that would rub people, right? You have to start with owning the mistake. Yeah. You have to start with saying, wow. Like all I wanted to hear was Hogan say, I'm sickened when I hear it. I'm sickened that it's ever associated with my name. I cannot believe that all the little black boys and girls who looked up to me had to suffer through knowing that I said those words. Greg, don't you think just saying those few sentences would have made an impact? Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, there's a part of me that would have always questioned it because we know that, like, Hulk Hogan is just a performer. You know what I mean? Like, he sat in court and told people that, like, he has one, he's the person in the persona and, like, the lines are so blurred between the two. But just that would be enough for for even me to be like, well, you know, I can't determine if how how honest or truthful he's being, but at least he said it. Like, at least he exactly, took that step. Exactly, exactly, and that's what I mean. That would at least be the beginning. And obviously, the mailbag's open. Rosenbergbeats at gmail dot com. Would love to hear from people, white and black. I mean, I, I certainly, you know, I think obviously from the standpoint of how it makes you feel, it's slightly more important to hear the black opinion but to be honest greg it's everyone's opinion it should be something that everyone cares about that's the point it shouldn't just be obviously it's very important how black talent feels but everyone's focused on how black talent feels black talent are not the only talent who thought it was wrong they're not the only people who thought it was offensive it's like everyone i've ever talked to and i don't like when people feel that only black people should be offended by racism. Everyone should be offended by racism. So I don't like when we just look to our um, black brothers and sisters to say, how do you feel? How do you feel? Yeah. And even how, worse is when I, people like retreat to their corners and like you don't even ask how anybody's feeling on the other side or whatever. Yeah. It's like. Listen, I'm not putting up no welcome back to Hulk Hogan. I'm not doing that. I, If I had gotten what I thought was the right thing, I might have said, like, hey, I know a lot of people feel different ways. I'm not even sure how I feel, but I'm happy to hear Hulk Hogan said the right things. You know, onward and upward. Uh, onward and upward, let's hope for the best. Something like that, you know? You're right. But... but I didn't get that. So I can't do anything except, you know, wait and see. Maybe there's still time. 
maybe he'll still do media and maybe he'll go and get pushed on it and and really give us something that we like but so far every statement i've heard from the first morning show he did was always like oh i didn't know it was or everyone used to say the n-word yeah. everyone you remember when remember when he said that back in the day he acted like when he grew up in the 70s everyone used to say the n-word like playfully and i was like that wasn't even a thing back then bro no not only that, too, like, you're, you're world renowned. You've been to all parts of the world. So, like, you don't even, you should have more perspective. I'm not saying racists aren't well traveled, but, like, you grew up around, you've been all around the world portraying this, this everyman hero to, like, all different people. You know, you've experienced and been exposed to all different cultures. Like, you would think, you would think that would be out of your mind, but. In the, in the immortal words, of the icon, Velveteen Dream. Nice try, Terry. <laughs> Didn't quite do it yet. No. Um, so that's where we stand on that, SGG. What are the biggest, uh, what are the biggest takeaways from, uh, the week that was on television? I saw most of Raw and SmackDown, but I did not see all during my SB preparation. The one thing that I want to ask you about the most, like, I, I, I need your take on this. Um, did you catch any of the Sasha Banks, Bailey stuff from Monday Night Raw? I did not. Mm, okay. So, basically what happened was, um, Kurt Angle booked Sasha and Bailey in a tag match against Dana Brooke and um, Alicia Fox. So formidable, the formidable team. Yes. Of Alicia Fox and Dana the, Brooke. Okay. The unstoppable. Um, but the unstoppable, uh, yes. <laughs> at some point, um, Alicia Fox started to attack Bailey and, um, and then Sasha Banks made the save and then Sasha Banks ended up taking out Alicia Fox and Dana Brooke. Led to a double count out, and then after the match, um, they show them both backstage, and Bailey confronts Sasha. She's like, "Yo, what was up with that out there?" Even though Sasha saved her, and Sasha's like, "You know, it's one thing for me to like put hands on you and fight with you, but I won't let other people do that to you." And then she looks at Bailey and she's like, "Don't you get it? I love you." Um, I always have and I always will. And then she stormed off. And I was quite confused by that interaction. And that's all we got was that bizarre interaction after the match? Yes. I just don't understand why the story is so hard to tell. Now listen, I get it. Okay? I get it. We're trying to stretch to Brooklyn SummerSlam to the place where the legendary match happened, right? We're trying to recreate the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn match from a few years ago. But can't we, why does it have to be so hard to get there? Am I missing something? Well, I, I, I think I'm missing something. I'm try, I don't understand. I don't know. I can't tell if this means that Sasha Banks is in love with Bailey or if it's like a friendship love. And I'm with you too. Like, why is it? Why is it taking so long? How many? How many there? years ago was their 
How many years ago was their match in Brooklyn? This is going to be TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Yeah, so this was three years ago. In 2015. Um, and, that was, and that was the night before before Sasha like it was right before Sasha came up um I, was Sasha al- I think Sasha was already on the main or was Sasha or was Sasha already up and went back to defend it or something yeah I think she was N- already up and then she went back to like she still had the NXT title while she was on the main roster uh was what Sasha Banks was in team bad I think with Naomi and um Tamina Got it, and then she went back. That that seems right. Um, although you should know, you are a stack guy, great. Um, but uh, I get it. It's a nice story to tell that part. Why are you making this so hard? Like this just. By the way, SummerSlam's already a month away, man. Like we can go now. <laughs> it's dangerously close. Like it's 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 right here. Like this should not be. It just shouldn't be that hard. What do, you, just, what do you think this little wrinkle means for their feud, though? Like this love being brought into it. I, I have no idea. That, I, that would presume that I understand anything that's happened, and I don't. Hey, what did what did they do with the um, B team after their big title win? The, what did they do with the B team on Monday? Um, I believe the B team had a match on Monday. If I'm not mistaken, oh no, they didn't have anything. The the rematch is next week on Raw. Um, Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy invoked their rematch, and the B oh, no, team, the B team, like the B team had a match. The B team beat the Ascension. Yep, there it is. Um. Also, you know, it didn't it didn't even dawn on me when we were pre- previewing Extreme Rules. That it was us getting Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt closer together finally. Yeah, but they didn't really interact that much in the match, though. I know, I know. They kept them apart, and the finish, of course, was with uh, was with Hardy. Yeah, like I was waiting for it, and then like we didn't really get it. Like the the tags were timed perfectly to where they just they were separated. It's it's interesting. I love that. I love that we still haven't gotten to to see that yet um but it just was something i didn't really process um well we'll we'll see we now are just uh, a few weeks away a month away ladies and gentlemen and that being said i am figuring out i'm trying to figure out right now what can be done if i've waited too long if i've waited too long what's it to do a big proper podcast if it just needs to be a heat and greet I'm trying to figure it out right now or maybe you're a business owner in, in, the, in the New York area and you desperately want a cheap heat event to come to you because I do have to figure it out the next week <laughs> feel free to hit us up rosenbergbeast at gmail.com right and yeah and Greg man I'm telling you right now this this email bag is I don't even think I have time to get to anything today. I have to go to your favorite place right now. Dun, Yankee dun, Stadium. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, you going to Yankee Stadium? Oh. Yeah, man. You guys are doing the show live from there? The Mecca, if you will. Yes, I have to because um, I have to go up there because I'm going to the game afterwards. Um, I think I... 
I think I really found the the shirt that I love, as I described it before, the Enjoy Yourself shirt. I got to show them to you and see what you think, if you like any of these. But here's my question, Greg. I was trying to challenge um, Dipperstein to, like, what colors, if we were to go, like, more alt colors, because we've always done black or white. I thought a Hitman pink shirt would be really cool. I was Dipperstein who, pink and black. Dipperstein's so particular about things that he likes. But I'll ask you guys to tweet us an email as well what you think. I think going with like a Hitman pink or a or a 1994 Macho Man neon. Oh, like the neon green and all that? Yeah. Like I think a couple of those would be cool. We just have like never done it. And like honestly we could even go with one of them on the tank top wave. Which granted doesn't do well for the physically large of us, myself included. <laughs> but it is SummerSlam. You know what I'm saying? And it might be a cool just joint that you wear to the beach or the pool. Listen, man, if if KO can rock a shirt with his arms out, I can rock a tank top. No shame. You know what? We're that's not, right. We're not body shaming one. dudes anymore. We're not body shaming dudes. 2018. That's over. Now, SGG, um, do we? I don't even know. Do we? Do we do black power rankings this week? Do you have one dialed up, or do we just keep it moving? Man, the black power rankings this week is is a tie. Number one, New Day, and Titus O'Neil for for perfect for the statements they made for perfectly capturing. Um, my feelings, and I know a lot of people's feelings on the reinstatement of Hulk Hogan. And uh, I expected nothing less from my presidents. So, number one, all week, Titus I'm going to read a couple day. of very, uh, I agree with you on that, not that it matters, but I'm going to give you a couple of really quick emails before we get up out of here. Anthony says, Rosenberg, what in God's name is the deal with Nakamura and Asuka? They're two of the best performers in WWE, but they're not getting an opportunity to show what they can do as champions. Asuka should have the SmackDown Women's Championship, should have had it months ago. Nakamura should have become WWE Champion at Money in the Bank. The U.S. Championship is a necessary middle card championship. Nakamura belongs in the main event. I just don't understand what's going on here. Why doesn't WWE pull the trigger? What's the explanation for this? I don't necessarily disagree. And I certainly don't have an answer. Um, Mike writes us, Hey, yo, Pete, it would be incredible to see the data on the effectiveness of finishing moves. Cough, stat guy, <coughs> cough. I'm thinking success rate, number of attempts that the actual, that actually resulted in the move hitting, and two, subsequent pin success rate. Side note, maybe the creators of WWE 2K have done similar analysis as they program moves in their games. Maybe that's an idea for a future episode, an interview with the game's creators. I'm sure we could do that. So in the absence of someone with way too much on their hands coming up with the actual numbers, what are your thoughts on the most effective finishers? I have a feeling that Daniel Bryan's flying knee would be high up on the list, while the choke slam would be very low on the list. <laughs> hustling. Um, Mike, we've kind of talked about that before. Yeah. Um, um, when we talk about... We, we did a couple episodes where we kind of went in on all-time best finishers. 
Yeah, I feel like the Red Arrow is still up there as like maybe the most effective and maybe the curb stomp too now that it's back. Um, the most effective finishes in WWE. Uh, at one point, I think nobody had kicked out of the Red Arrow and I think still nobody has uh, has kicked out of the Red Arrow since Neville's been with the WWE. So that might be the one like most effective. No subsequent attempts needed. Um, Cal writes us, Hey, Rosenberg and SGG, love, love, love the pod, and especially loving the mailbag. Shinsuke Nakamura's blatant low blow at Extreme Rules before the U.S. Chapyacha match definitely won him the title. Baseball, basketball, and football all have instant replay as an important part of keeping their sports fair. Do we think it's time to start instituting instant replay, if only for start of match and finishes, so that the refs can have a second opportunity to make a fair decision? In this case, the ref could have decided to postpone the match. Props to Jeff for having the balls, yikes, to ask for the bell. Would love to hear your hashtag kayfabe only take, but also would love to hear the take of the mage Brian Dipperstein if you can get him. Enjoy yourself and stay mage. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> uh, I see why you think it's a problem that too many starts of the, ma- of matches are tainted by behavior like that. But frankly, I just think it's one of those sort of go in-betweens in the WWE universe. It's one of the things that makes the game exciting still. You know, it's like someone who wants a replay in baseball. I'm just not for it. it I think and, the game doesn't need it. Yeah, and uh, it wouldn't work out the way you think. I mean, he thinks it's going to be a, a type of check and balance on the heels, but it actually is going to go the other way. Like, you know... The instant replay is not going to work out in the favor of the baby face. And it's just going to give them another excuse and give the crowd another reason to cheer for them and make them more baby face. But if you think it's going to make things more fair, it's absolutely not. Well, listen, I apologize for the tough schedule this week, guys, uh, with the SBs and everything, especially with such a major subject. But I'm glad we got in some some quality show. I know the name of the show now, which will clearly be Nice Try Terry. Um <laughs> But we'll be back next week with a full episode and more information on what's going down SummerSlam week. Please let us know over Twitter. I don't need RSVPs to email necessarily because the email is too jammed with actual messages and people's opinions that I want to hear about uh, the Terry drama. But feel free to tweet us at Rosenberg Radio at Greg with what your preference might be for a SummerSlam activity. SGG, uh, your mage, and um, have a mage weekend. Oh, yeah. Oh, and and Monday, I expect mage birthday wishes from the entire of GP course. universe. Is there going to be a Peter Palooza uh, situation happening, or is that not going down this year? I, I, I hope to have an announcement on that soon, but obviously, it's not happening in the in the normal time that it would that we're used to, because that would be like right now. And no, I needed a break after the contract, <laughs> so not in the immediate. But um, have a mage weekend, SGG, and stay mage. Oh yeah. Oh, and enjoy yourself. If you actually think, if you actually think I was just the right guy at the right place at the raw at the right time, let me say it one more time so you completely understand, McMahon. If you actually believe in your mind, if you actually think that I was just the right guy 